Our Old Testament reading this morning uh, is from Numbers chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, another place from Scripture where we Presbyterians uh, infrequently hear a lesson this morning that is not the case. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, bring the tribe of Levi near and present them before Aaron the priest that they may serve him. And they shall attend to his needs and to the needs of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of meeting to do the work of the tabernacle. And they shall attend to all the furnishings of the tabernacle of meeting and to the needs of the children of Israel to do the work of the tabernacle. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our New Testament reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians in the 12th chapter, beginning verse 27 and continuing through verse 31. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Now you, Paul begins, we, we are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This he writes to his brothers and sisters in the church at Corinth and beyond. Among other things, he is in this section of his letter reminding the church of her identity in Christ Jesus. Whereas in the days before the gospel arrived and established its roots there in that place, all the denizens of Corinth were residents of a Roman city. Not all of them had the status of citizens, but they were all residents of that place, one of several great centers of the empire which occupied the provinces. But since the days of Jesus, his life, death, resurrection, and ascension had ushered in a new age and a new order. Though the ones who had resided in Corinth hadn't moved, those who heard the word and believed in the holy name of Jesus had become citizens of another kingdom. Not all were yet residents of that place, but all were citizens. In this kingdom, whose earthly dwelling place is called the body of Christ, there are people from all walks of life, there are people from the big metropolis of Corinth, all the way to the shepherds in the Judean wilderness, and everywhere in between. 
There were the influential and there were the shunned. There were any number of men and women, boys and girls from large families or orphanages, all of whom were now part of a family that was bound together by blood, not their own, but that of a common savior. This then had become their overarching identity and this then is also our overarching identity. All these generations later, there are no more residents of the Roman Empire, nor the Holy Roman Empire, nor the Ottoman Empire. The sun has risen and set on all of these empires, but the Son of God still reigns over the body of Christ. This is who we are. We are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Our identity comes from the one who formed us, the one who claims us, the one who redeems us. Each and every one of us who bears the name of Christ belongs to the same body. No matter how different we look, sound, or serve, we are united as one by the one who is the head of the body. Every distinct individual has been uniquely handcrafted by God for a very specific purpose in his plan of redemption and new creation. None is more important than another. None is less valuable than another. Though we may not be able to see or sense it from where we sit or stand or lay, all the billions of individualized parts have been designed to work in conjunction with each other, not for self-aggrandizement, but to the aggrandizement, the glory of God. In this grand metaphor of Paul's, God, who created all things, has ordered all things according to his perfect purposes. He has made the parts of the miracle that is a human being to work together in unimaginably complex harmony. I was privy this past week to be part of a small discussion group talking about, among other things, theological considerations relating to creation. This very wonder, the human being. One of those things that we often take for granted, perhaps more so than just about anything else, us. <laughs> As we were reminded once again this morning by the psalmist, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we were talking about just how fearfully and wonderfully God made man. We are distinctively complicated miracles among all the other creatures, we have been intelligently designed for a particular purpose that nothing else in all the cosmos has been designed to do. We have been crafted to be stewards of everything else under heaven and to enable us to successfully carry out that assignment, we have been equipped with a very special set of tools, gifts, 
talents and abilities that we are to bring to bear in carrying out this task to the glory of God. Everyone has a special and important part to play as stewards of God's handiwork, as healers of the world, as part of the body of Christ, ordained by Jesus to lead the peoples of the world in praise to his name in word and in work. Just as the Levites of old were set apart from the rest of the tribes of the Hebrews to have a special function with, among, and for the people at the tabernacle, we have been called to participate in a special way as the body of Christ. And this could scarcely be a better day to give thought and thanks to and for such things. For today is the Sunday on which this outpost of the body of Christ has appointed for gathering to participate in a particular and perhaps even seemingly peculiar bit of word and work. An annual congregational meeting may on the surface seem an unlikely manifestation of God's created order in the act of honoring and glorifying her creator, yet perhaps it is a rather special occasion for doing just that. The pages and pages of reports that will be distributed to the participants in attendance at this meeting were authored by a number of different individuals. Each of them has been endowed with different yet equally amazing skills for administering, documenting, assigning, and reporting on the gifts that they have been called and equipped to steward among this congregation. The packets of material themselves were copied, collated, and assembled by yet another gifted and dedicated member of the body. All that work that is packaged and presented that will be discussed and acted upon today by a group which includes yet more people with an even greater variety of gifts. This is yet another tangible illustration of how a diverse group of servants combines their times, their talents, and their treasures to present a living, active offering to the glory of the one who created and has richly blessed us all. This, my brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the church, the body of Christ up close and personal. It can be found in unexpected places, doing works which may seem rather ordinary, but which are nonetheless vital to her existence, just as she can be found in more expected places, doing works that seem rather extraordinary. This is precisely the mystery which Paul was acknowledging as he offered his praises to her and her creator, maker, and sustainer in these words to the Corinthians. You are the body of Christ. Jesus, our head and cornerstone, has gathered us, we who once were no people, to be a people. And not just any people, but a people like that of the Levites of old, 
We are a royal priesthood, a new covenant creation that has been commissioned for service by and in the name of the Lord. Every believer in the apostolic, the universal, worldwide church, and in this very church too, every believer has a role to play. Paul gave us some examples, but it was not certainly an exhaustive list, nor could he have possibly imagined the sorts of things that we would be doing in the name of Christ 2,000 years on. Still, we have a commitment to serve the same one that has called us, and to do so involves putting to use the abilities with which we have been gifted for accomplishing this very task. Finally, I'd like to say a bit about the last line that we read this morning from this part of Paul's Corinthian correspondence. My own translation of his writing would go something like this. Be zealous after the most useful of these gifts and a more wonderful way of living I will cause you to see. After all, we are not given such gifts so that we can simply stash them away in a safe deposit box somewhere, nor are we given such gifts to put them in a display case to show off as a, as a measure of divine favor. Rather, we are expected to use the gifts that we have been endowed with for the purpose of glorifying the Creator who equipped us thusly. In so doing, we are both strengthening, honing those gifts, and simultaneously showing our gratitude for having received them in the first place. These gifts are not meant to be ranked with some assigned a, a higher value by the Almighty, but rather they are greater in terms of magnitude and the effects they may produce as they are utilized in accordance with the expressed divine will. This is the better way. This is the way which we were created to follow, the way from which we, like sheep, have disobediently strayed through sin, the way to which we are called back by the reconciling love of the Good Shepherd. In reflecting on the church and her members' responsibilities therein, a generation ago now, Chuck Colson wrote, Many Christians have been infected with the most virulent virus of modern American life, radical individualism. They concentrate on personal obedience to Christ as if all that matters is Jesus and me. But in doing so, miss the point. For Christianity is not a solitary belief system. Any genuine resurgence of Christianity, as history demonstrates, depends on a reawakening and a renewal of that which is the essence of the faith. The people of God, the new society, the body of Christ which is made manifest in the world, the church. There's a bit of that on display in the narratives that our packet this morning will 
go into detail about, it only scratches the surface of the ways that we, the corporate body of Christ in this place, and we, individually members thereof, have faithfully responded to the call of utilizing the gifts that we have been given for the purpose of demonstrating our love of God and of neighbors as self. In the days before the compilation of our next annual report, my prayer is that we will become even better stewards of the talents and abilities entrusted to us for use in his service, thereby bringing even more honor and glory to the one who has given us every perfect gift. And for that we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.